0: Staying true to America's national destiny, the voice of the awakening. Your host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. This is the July 4th Independence Day season. And I want to talk to you about a subject that God has put on my heart for quite some time that I've been contemplating and and thinking about. And the scripture I want to use as the jumping off point is the second clause of that 11th verse. The man who executes my counsel from a far country or to put the thought together in the entire uh, first and second clause, calling... The man who executes my counsel from a far country, or you could say, calling my servant from a far country. Now I want to talk for a few minutes as we contemplate July 4th, Independence Day, from this subject called to be Americans. Called to be Americans. You know, of all the qualities that God has. Has that he bestowed upon us, and there are many. There are many. You know what? The single greatest quality that God has given us that makes us like him is freedom, it's freedom, freedom. Now, somebody mentioned love and love is certainly an attribute of God. God is love. But now let me ask you a question. What good does it do to have love or feel love without the freedom to choose how to act on that love? God gave us the ability of speech. No other creature on earth has that ability. That's why people say, well, we're animals. No, we're not animals. There are animals and then there's us. We're made in the image and likeness of God animals cannot communicate they cannot speak they cannot engage in sophisticated intellectual discourse they're incapable of that they cannot discover they cannot create they cannot build we are unique in that capacity but what good does it do to be able to speak or communicate if you can't choose what you say or what you write or what you communicate yes look god God gave us the ability to do many things, but what would those things be? The, the ability to create in general. I mean, to, you know, everything that surrounds us, human beings made it. But what good would it be to be creative if you couldn't choose how or what you're going to create? See, freedom is the essence that makes everything else about us viable, possible, important. Otherwise, we'd just be robots. I mean, animals can do things, but they do them by instinct. They do them simply by training. Now, it's true. Human beings have certain impulses, certain instincts. And when we allow our impulses and our instincts to control us, then we become like animals. But the difference between us and animals is we can have an impulse. We can have an instinct. We can have a a, a desire and we can actually control it. We can say, no, I'm not going to do that. That may be what I feel like doing. That may be what I'm almost compelled to, but I I choose not to do it. We have that freedom to choose. Freedom is what makes us so different. See, because God is ultimately free. Amen. He is ultimately free to do whatever he seeks or wants to do according to his own moral integrity. You see... When I say freedom, a lot of people hear, well, I want the freedom to get high and the freedom to sleep around, the freedom. That's license. That's not freedom. See, because all of the sins that people commit don't make them more free, they put them in bondage. But freedom is, is being able to fulfill your God given potential. Now, in light of that, the single greatest quality that describes the united states of america more than any other that brought people here that made people want to form this country is the same thing freedom freedom people wanted to be free and so this country is birthed out of that desire now you can see how that spiritual quality and the very nature of our country in its foundation both come together. So that people can, in fact, you can say it this way, that America is the greatest place in human history for people to live out who they truly are as human beings. Because it gives us the freedom to do so. See? Now, Now, if that's the case, then it raises a question, doesn't it? And the question that it raises is if, if, if freedom is the essence of, of, of what God gave us to make us fully human and freedom is the foundational principle upon which this country was based, then the question is, why are we here? Everybody's not here. There's 313 million of us now. And some of those, of course, are they're not supposed to be here because they're illegal immigrants, but there's about 313 million of us here. Let's forget about, uh, leave aside right now the illegal immigrants. All the people were here legally, either because their ancestors came here or because they chose to come here and managed to get here legally. Why are we here? I mean, we could be anywhere. Now, for those of us whose ancestors have been here for generations, that's really a profound question. For those who have made the choice in their own adult lives, I want to be an American. I want to live there. That's I want to have my citizenship there. It's a little bit of a different question, uh, but it comes down to the same thing. But for us who didn't make that choice, we simply inherited it. This is where we were born. Now, now, in order to answer that question, you've got to determine in your own mind and heart, how do you view human history? In other words, if you're a person who really in your heart of hearts, and Christians ought not think like this, but I think some do, who really in your heart of hearts believes things just kind of happen. Accident, coincidence, what have you, they just kind of happen. But if you really believe that God is the author and finisher of human history, If you really believe that God ultimately rules over human history and that the outcome is in his hands, then you can't possibly believe that the greatest nation that mankind has ever known is some kind of accident. It just kind of happened. It just fell together. That 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 the brilliant minds who came together in 1776 in order to craft the the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution just kind of happened. They just kind of ended up there. There just happened to be a man named George Washington who everybody respected, who everybody was willing to, to give power to because they believed in him and believed that he wouldn't abuse it. A brilliant man by the name of Thomas Jefferson who was able to pen the words of the Declaration of Independence that resonated among everybody, including the slaves. A man named Madison, uh, James Madison, who, who, who understood Freedom and how to enshrine that in our constitution along with some others. They just kind of happen to be there all at once. No, it, it, that's, th- there's no way. That's like suggesting that the apostles were accidental. And they weren't an accident. Jesus chose them and called them for that moment in history. Well, then, if the country is not an accident, and I know it's not. The founding fathers didn't believe that. And, and I don't believe that, no Christian ought to believe that, then why would you think your being here is an accident? You just kind of happen to be here? I mean, think about this. Why do you think that the Bible gives us in Matthew chapter one, the full genealogy of Jesus Christ? And there are all kinds of people in it. And every single one of them was chosen by God to be in it. Chosen by God to be in it. Your lineage was chosen by God. You know, you all heard me say you are not who you are because of your genetic background. Your genetic background is what it is because of who God ordained you to be before the foundation of the world. He picked out who your progenitors, your ancestors would be so that you could be who he called you to be. Carefully chose your background. The Bible says so. He fashioned all your days before there were any of them. So he knows all about you. He, he knows every strand of your DNA because he put it there. Glory to God. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So, so then, then you're not here by accident. Now, now, of course, this country is, is unique in so many ways, but one of the ways in which it is unique is this is the only country on the face of the earth that, and that ever existed on the face of the earth where the majority of people ancestrally came from somewhere else. This is not a nation, what is it, it might be 95, 96, 97%, depending upon the Native American population, which is very small now, Those are the only ones who were actually here on this continent when this nation was formed. And before it was formed, everybody else came from somewhere else. You go to England, you won't find that. You go to Italy, you won't find that. You go to Greece, you won't find that. You go to the Middle East, you won't find that. You'll find people, their ancestry goes back in the same geographical region for hundreds, sometimes thousands of years, but not here. You get back to beyond the 1600s and you got to go somewhere else. You got to go to Spain or Europe or Africa or somewhere to find your ancestry because it's not here. This is the only place in the world like that. So then God somehow brought all these people together from a variety of places to form this thing we call the United States of America. wasn't an accident. Nope. I believe that every single person is called to be here. Every single American was called to be here that this is a unique nation to which you were called. Now, if you're called here, then you ought to be mindful of the fact that you've got some responsibility under that calling. I mean, I have been really pondering and meditating on this because I have never thought about it in this light that I'm actually called called to be an American. If I'm called to be an American, why would I hate what I am? Why wouldn't I seek to understand what God's plan was in putting me here? Now look, let's, let's be real about it. Uh, your ancestors could, could still be in a mud hut somewhere. Or could be running from the Muslims in Nigeria who are killing Christians. Or, or could be one of those Muslims. Or could be in the Sudan being slaughtered. Uh, by Muslims there, or dying of famine somewhere, or they could be riding in the streets of Greece, <laughs> or preparing for the collapse of their nation because of its financial problems in Europe. I mean, they could be anywhere you could have never it could have been that you never ended up here, and yet you did, yet you did now, of course. I don't need to go into the details to make clear there's a distinction between how the Africans got here and how the Europeans got here, but we ought to acknowledge a couple things. Number one, we ought to acknowledge that the two largest groups to first populate this country were Europeans from Great Britain and Africans. Those are the two groups that God brought together in the largest numbers you know people don't often think about that i mean this is how how does god do this stuff but you know he brings people from in a sense two different parts of the world and puts them together now some of course the europeans come because they're looking for something Uh, Many of them, by the way, come simply because they're looking to survive because they come as indentured servants. A lot of people don't realize that a lot of the Europeans who came here in the early part of this country didn't come as free people. They came as indentured servants. That meant meant that they were slaves for a time to whoever their master was. And they had to work out a certain number of years in order to be set free. And by the way, the first Africans to come here were indentured servants, not slaves. And it wasn't until later on in the century that slavery was created to make them lifetime workers, if you will. But the first to come were indentured servants who worked for a time and got their freedom. That's why all throughout the history, there were always what they call free blacks. How'd they get free? Well, some were freed by their masters, but some came, they were, they were, they were heirs of those who came as indentured servants and they just weren't slaves. But now, Africans came here by force. Europeans came largely by choice. But you'd be surprised that there are similarities between the two, because think about this. Here's number one. Everybody who got here, got here because they were strong constitutionally. Only the strongest made it. Do you, it's not like going down and buying a ticket on uh, 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 American Airlines, you know, and say, I'm going to Europe. To leave Europe to come to a continent that had no, nothing but wilderness awaiting you was a major decision and was supremely dangerous. Many of the people who started out from Europe to get here died on the way. Uh, In fact, some some statistics say about 30% died on the trip over. And then when they got here and they faced the wilderness, many died of sickness and disease and starvation. I mean, they they died by the hundreds, by the thousands. But somehow, our ancestors, many of the slaves, 40%, they say, particularly in the first century of the slave trade, 40% died on the middle passage died of sickness of disease some of course jumped overboard and committed suicide they didn't know where they were going they just knew they were they were shackled they didn't like it they took their opportunity they jumped overboard they were eaten by sharks or so they drowned but somehow our ancestors we americans our ancestors made it Through the Middle Passage, through the trip from Europe, through the wilderness, through the starvation, they had to come here and carve out a life for themselves. And they made it. See, here's the first similarity. There's something about Americans that's strong. Because the ones who got here and stayed here and made it here had to be strong. They had to be fighters. They had to be people who weren't willing to, in some sense, lay down. People who were willing to just struggle through it and, and make it however they could. You realize uh, the, the hunger for freedom didn't begin during the Civil War among slaves. Uh, there, there are stories of how the word of, of Thomas Jefferson got out among the slave population and they were all acting like it was the coming of Jesus. They said, well, this means we're going to be free soon. They hungered for the freedom that they heard talked about in this country. And somehow, even then, they knew they were heirs of that freedom. Glory to God. <laughs> you realize when the British attacked the United States of America, well, they came and invaded trying to make sure that we didn't become independent. They offered freedom to a lot of the slaves that they would desert. About 100,000 did from all over the South. But our ancestors didn't. They stayed. Why? See, it's not by accident. It's because God had a calling on the lives of people to build this country. And so now here we are in this United States of America, the the resilient, the strong, the ones who somehow our ancestors made it through all of the hell that they had to go through to get here. Doesn't matter where they came from. In some sense, they all had to experience hell. And you know, a lot of people like to think of, of two classes in America during the 16th, 17th, and a large part of the 18th century. They were basically slaves and there were white slaves' masters. Most white people in this country were poor. They were struggling. (laughs) They weren't slave owners. They couldn't afford to own a slave. Most of them, in fact, West Virginia split off from Virginia because they were angry with slave owners because they said, how are we going to ever find work when you all have a built-in workforce you don't have to pay? That's why there's a West Virginia, used to be part of Virginia. Come on here, somebody. I know I'm teaching it here. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. So, so, so God had this plan in mind before the foundation of the world and you and I are part of it. What a disservice it is to him to to be resentful of this country and to be resentful of, of, of all that we are offered. You know, Joseph's brothers found him realizing they had personally sold him into slavery. That is not a white person in this country who's personally sold any one of us into anything. That's hundreds of years ago. But his brothers found him and they had done it to him. You know what he said to them? You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. (laughs) I'm not mad at you. (laughs) Amen. That's why I say, I tell you what, I don't like how they got here, but I'm sure glad they got here. Because, man, I don't want to be anywhere else. Praise the name of the Lord. And I believe that God brought us here and put us here and has a plan and a purpose for us here. Amen. 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 Now, what is the purpose? What, what is it that we're here to do? If this nation is based on freedom and freedom is the essence of who we are, what has God put us here to do? Well, the first thing I believe that God has for Americans to do is to uphold the heritage that God gave us from the very start. You know, the Bible says in Proverbs twenty-two twenty-eight, do not remove the ancient landmark which your fathers have set. And i tell you what, we're busy, busy knocking them down left and right. You know, just, just think about it. we We talk about it. We older adults talk about how we were raised with manners. We were raised to treat adults with respect. That's all gone. I mean, that's just gone. I mean, nowadays, you know, I mean, respect who? And you know, that, that comes from those patrician days when people believed in manners, and it was handed down, I, I'm, I'm sure those of you in this room, uh, you remember. You bet. If you spoke to an adult, it better be yes, ma'am, yes, sir. Amen. It better not be yeah, nah. You, unless you're prepared to get slapped across the room. That's right. Right. I mean, can you imagine somebody talking to you and say, yeah, nah, uh-huh, uh-huh. uh-huh. what? Pow! <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying the power was the right thing to do, but, but, but we wouldn't even think of that. We wouldn't even think of talking to an adult like that. It was unthinkable. And nowadays, kids will curse you out and think nothing of it. Well, you know, you look, it's because we are rejecting day by day the Judeo-Christian heritage that God gave us. And I say Judeo-Christian all it means is Old Covenant and New Covenant principles and ethics and values. That's why I say Judeo because of course the Old Covenant was written for the Jews and the New Covenant is written for whosoever will. So we call it the Judeo-Christian values. That's what our country was founded on. That's what it was based on. And the whole idea, you all have heard me say this, matters is a way of showing love toward people that you have no personal relationship with. But you do the very least you can do, which is to show them respect. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, the idea of respect. I mean, think about it. That's gone. Because look, our founding fathers believed that this nation was providential and that they, they believed that God had his hand on us as a nation. And therefore, they believed that we could not survive unless we had a moral and virtuous character among the people. I mean, they said that explicitly. They said freedom is only possible where people have morality and virtue. I mean, George Washington said, don't even entertain the notion that you can have a, 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 a prosperous America without religion and morality. John Adams said the same thing. Our Constitution was designed for moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to any other. I mean, they understood that you can't have freedom if people don't have internal moral restraint. And what are we doing now? I was just out in Giles County not too long ago because the judge told him, you got to take those 10 commandments down. Take them down. Take them down. And you know, take the 10, I'll tell you what, for all our sakes, I wish they put them up everywhere. Amen. 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 I just look. I, I hate to admit it, but I just got beat this past week by somebody on the internet. Somebody wrote me an email in the name of a friend who, who has been a blessing to me, a help to me, told me he was in trouble. I immediately responded, sent him some money, found out the next day he did, it had nothing to do with him. Somebody had stolen his email address and sent me an email in his name. So, so beware when a friend, somebody you think you know, it's probably not them. But you know, what does the Bible say? Thou shalt not steal. <laughs> what happened to that? Well, we don't want... That's, that's mixing religion and, and uh, state. We don't want to say that. And so what are they going to do? Steal? <laughs> Amen. I mean, don't, don't, don't put up the Ten Commandments. I just... just You know, it seems like every day uh, some city down, I think, in Texas has told people you can't put the American flag up now on the graves of veterans. Don't put crosses up on the graves of veterans. Don't acknowledge God in public. Now, now look, look, at the, look at the discordant situation we have. Uh, just this past month in June, which is declared by our first black president as Gay Pride Month, Gay Pride Month, and he had celebrations for homosexuals in the White House. But the national day of prayer, he can't have in the White House. We, can't, we, don't, we don't want that. That would offend people, right? We'll offend people if we have prayer in the White House, but we won't offend them if we have same-sex couples kissing under the, under the, the portraits of George Washington and Abraham Lincoln. That's okay. We're proud of that. This is a wonderful thing. Look, saints, God sets the standard, not us. And when we run away from our principles because people are afraid that they will, you know, well, I might offend somebody. So what? Look, Jesus offended folks all the time. When Jesus said, unless you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you have no part in me. The Bible says many of his disciples went away and didn't follow him anymore. I guess they went away saying, "Who's he think he is? We ain't going to eat of his flesh and drink of his blood. And you know what? I love that passage because Jesus never stands and said, Don't leave. Let me explain. You know what he said? Bye. And then turned to his disciples and said, Well, you two go away. They said, No, Lord, where shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We're not going anywhere. <laughs> Hallelujah. We may not understand, but we're not going anywhere. We're going to stay right here under that word. Amen. We're going to stay right here with the truth. Praise God. See, the Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth shall what? Make you free. What did the founding fathers say? We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and endowed by our creator with certain inalienable rights that among these are what? Life and what? Liberty, freedom, and the pursuit of happiness. Glory to God. (laughs) Glory to God. And by the way, it said the pursuit, not the guarantee. Come on here, somebody. It didn't say that the government's got to make me happy. It said I get the right to pursue my own happiness. That's what freedom is all about. Amen. Amen. And I found out where happiness is. It's in Jesus. In fact, it's better than happiness in Jesus. There's joy in Jesus. Hallelujah. There's peace in Jesus. There's love in Jesus. There's deliverance in Jesus. Glory to God. He's the meaning of freedom. Hallelujah! Because he said, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Glory to God. Glory to God. We've got got to fight for our heritage. We have a common heritage. Amen? A common heritage. Because look, all of those people who came early, they were almost all Christians. And guess who the first group was that they successfully evangelized?